and welcome back to another installment of Sunnyside Up. I'm Jen. And I'm Naomi. And today we are talking about missions. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know, both Naomi and I have been on missions trips and we thought it would be wonderful just to open up about our experiences, mm-hmm. some of the rewarding, some of the challenging things that we faced. And maybe there are some of you who are listening right now and you're just wondering what it's all about, what to expect when you go on a missions trip. Maybe you're even considering it and you're just not sure. So we hope that we can address some of those things today. I thought a great question to start with is why go on a missions trip? Why go, Naomi? Yeah, why go? Why not? Why not? I I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I think everyone in their lifetime should do a mission trip to a third world country um, just to experience it. But missions work is not, full-time missions is not for everyone and that's That's totally fine. Yeah, that's good. Well, we thought we would just jump straight in. We want to leave room and time for um, just each person to be able to open up about their experience. But I might get you to start, Naomi. Tell us a bit about your experience, where you went, how that all unfolded, and what did God do during that time? And what were some of the takeaways from your time? Yeah, sure. Yep. So I went to Cambodia twice with She Rescue. Mm -hmm. Um, They work in Cambodia to kind of rehabilitate girls who have been sex trafficked or um, are in poverty. So they take them, take care of them, give them counseling, all of the food they need, the schooling, and then they try and put them back in their communities, but Mm -hmm. only when it's really safe to do so. Yeah. So I went there in 2014 for a two-week trip with a team. Um, and then I went again in 2016 for a one-month stint um, by myself, which was awesome. And I mean, I don't, I don't even remember the f- the first time why I went. I think my yeah. friend had been on a mission trip, and I saw a video of She Rescue in church, and I thought, oh, that looks cool. Like, <laughs> you know, why not? I'll just yeah, go on not? a mission trip. <laughs> um, and so I went. And it literally changed my life. Like I, um, after I came back from the first mission trip, I moved to Brisbane so that I could study counseling and social justice at CHC. Um, and that's how I went back the second time because I did kind of a uni placement in Cambodia. Um, and I just learned so, so much. I don't even feel like I really gave that much. Wow. Um, Yes, I did give, um, but I feel like I just learned so much about You got God's so heart. much back from the experience. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, so many good memories. Um, Can you think of one memory in particular that comes to mind oh. that you were like, wow, that that was a really momentous time um, where you just felt challenged yeah. or like learned something that has stayed with you into this day? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's go deep then. Okay, um, let's so go deep. probably let's go in. So I've told a few people this, but um, I actually got a tattoo in my second time around you in Cambodia. Did. I did a bit of a <laughs> bit of a rascal. You rebel, Jesus. you. Um, I know, but I wanted to get one that said Emmanuel, which means God with us. Wow. Um, but I, it just didn't quite, you know. I wanted it to be right, so I waited. Anyway, when I was in Cambodia, my very last week there mm-hmm. of my month, I was just like, God, I've learned so much, but I don't feel like I've given out enough. Like I really yeah. just want to be able to give before. I go home Um, and so I worked with this lady in the kitchen and she did not speak English like she she and I communicated through smiling and laughing (laughs) um, which works for me but yeah she taught me about cooking Khmer foods and I would see her every single day and every day we would 
kind of just smile and laugh and she'd point Aww. at things. Anyway, the last week I was there, um, after I had prayed this prayer, she um, was at the markets and somebody stole her, her purse, which oh, no. had her... I know it had her whole month's income and oh for us gosh. that's not much like it was probably $200 um Australian for her that was a month's worth of food that's for crazy. her and her family and she'd just gotten that paycheck and so as soon as I heard that I just knew that was how much money I had left over from my trip and so I was yeah. like right so I got on the um tuk-tuk went back got the money that I had left went back and gave it to her wow. and she just like broke down in tears because you know money like that speaks more volume than words yeah um and I'll never forget that she just broke down in tears she was crying and she said thank you thank you I will remember you and I was like I was like (laughs) wait uh what (laughs) insert tears right now (laughs) yeah so we were both crying and hugging but the fact that because we hadn't spoken any English so I mean I'm just gonna account it to like God's miraculous totally you know power that I understood what she was saying and so I had another lady say that to me as well and so I thought well that's what I'm going to get my tattoo of I will always remember you wow Um, that's powerful yeah so it was really special and I still kind of have some of those ladies on Facebook and I you know try and keep up with what they're doing and I always promise them that I would go back so oh I'm so excited to go back once COVID's all finished did you find were there any sort of un- foreseen challenges when you went over there things you weren't expecting or maybe parts of the culture where you're like oh wow I really need to um step back observe learn yeah I mean the biggest one was the practical stuff like money language um and traffic was the hardest thing because you know in our western world we have order and rules Mm, and in Cambodia there's no rules it's just (laughs) chaos um and so I had to ride my bike to work every day and so not only did I have to remember my route I also had to avoid getting hit by other people who are crazy and try and figure out the traffic system so there was a lot of tears that happened (laughs) to figure that out a lot of tires that were um Punctured? Punctured, (laughs) thanks, punctured. But the good thing is by the end of it, I actually got to take the girls from the she home on a bike ride and lead them in that. So I feel like I really conquered it and that was a good ending to that struggle. (laughs) So just bringing that whole experience together, what would you say is just one big lesson that you learned from your time in Cambodia? Yeah, probably um, just like the hope of God. I feel like the people wow. in Cambodia have so much hope, even though their situation is so desperate. Yeah. Um, like I just saw the worst of the worst of human condition. And yet the people were smiling and they had hope and they believed in something bigger than themselves, which I think here in the Western world, we lose sight of hope and we think, oh, you know, we've got to fix it ourselves. But God is always working. He's always there. There's always hope. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, I'm keen to hear about your experience. My Tell me experience. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't go to, to Cambodia. Africa. I went no. to Africa. Um, and in contrast to your experience, I do recall clearly what led to that point. Um, <laughs> That's good. I think back in 2011, I just went through this period of just being really intensely hungry for the Lord. Like I was just going after the Lord with everything. And around this time, I became familiar with Heidi and Roland Baker and their ministry. And they actually came and ministered 
in my city. So Mm. I went to some of their meetings and let's just say I was so drawn to just the joy on their life and yeah, just the, I guess the anointing that was on their life and, and what they were doing, it really just attracted me to their ministry. And I literally remember just sitting in the bathtub and I would watch whatever I could on Heidi Baker. I was just, I just wanted more. And long story short, I heard about their mission school in Mozambique, a three-month mission school where they took um, people from all around the world and just trained them up in missions practically. And also it was kind of like a school in that um, they would have traveling speakers coming in, like inputting into your life and just sort of opening up the world of missions in a whole new way. So I packed my bags and off I went. (laughs) My sister was with me at the time. So um, it was really great to have someone along with me for that first big, huge trip of my life. And so when I got on African soil, my heart exploded in a whole new way. (laughs) It does, eh? (laughs) It does. I think up until that point, I honestly had my life planned out, you know, house, Mm. children, you know, just all all the things. And when I hit African soil, it was like God was like, Jen, like there's so much more. Like your life could look completely different to what you've thought or ever imagined. And that was like a revelation to me. I was like, wow. So it was from the word go, it was quite a roller coaster. It was Mm. completely new, but I loved it. I I didn't actually even find it an adjustment to adjust to sort of living quarters where there were lots of Mm. dust, it was hot, it was you know, the power would go off. We'd have, we didn't have hot running showers. We had to do water bucket showers. Like it was so different from what I'd known. And yet I just fell in love with the simplicity of life there. And Mm. the African people are a beautiful people. And I love that. Whereas we, we are like very time orientated here in the Western world in Mm. Africa. It's like time has a whole new rhythm. It's like people just live time out outside of time itself. It's it's hard to so cool. <laughs> describe, but it was beautiful because I'd always been such a time-oriented person. But to step into a culture mm. where it was just so simple and, and so freeing, it was mm. amazing. Oh, isn't it? What kinds of practical things did you do there? So as part of the school, like I mentioned before, there was the school period, like throughout the week, you'd have people inputting and and teaching you, then we'd have practical mission days. So this meant going out into the community and doing different things. My practical missions, I had two. One of them was going to the local hospitals and and praying and ministering to the people at the local hospitals. I have to admit that was quite confronting from someone who works in a hospital in a Western mm. setting, they had multiple people crammed into one room. I remember going into a postnatal ward and I think there were eight women in one room. There were no curtains, wow. no privacy. Like it was confronting the sights, the smells, you know, I'm not going to lie. Some of that was really offensive yeah. to me. One of my other mm. practical missions was handing out medications to some of the children that were had chronic illnesses and needed medication. So me and my buddy, we walked out found these children and made sure they got their medications each week. So practically that's what I was doing every week. Wow. Yeah, we also had opportunities to go out and present the gospel to to villages that had perhaps never heard of it. So we'd jump in the back of a 
of a truck. We would roll the Jesus movie in their language and we, there would be just like a whole crowd of just black faces as far as you could see. And then we'd do like a little skit or something and then um, do an altar call and then go out in the crowds and like pray for people. So we really got to immerse in the culture and, and minister a lot when we were over there. So cool. And what was your biggest kind of takeaway from that mission trip? Biggest takeaway, I think something I really saw filter through was the joy that these people had. Yeah. Just life was so simple, the rhythm, the pulse of yeah. life, just completely different to what I had known. And there was such mm. a joy to the way that they did life and they just simply trusted Jesus for everything. There was no, yeah. I'm yeah, going to grab some Panadol for a headache. You just prayed yeah. for a headache. It was That's just... It. A, a new way of trusting the Lord. And I, I feel like coming away from that, I've never felt joy as real as I, I have in my whole 30 years of life than I did when I was in Africa. It was like a real joy because you were facing real circumstances and, you know, you didn't have those luxuries and comforts, but yet I mm. still had a joy that far exceeded the reality I was living in. And yeah. they had that joy too. I think the joy was contagious it, yeah, from the culture. Yeah. People yeah. in third world countries really embody that hope and joy because they what do. else have they got? Like they don't have material possessions. They do. It's a beautiful, beautiful oh, thing. So beautiful. And I don't know about you, but I went to a church service in Cambodia and the energy levels were just like off the charts. Like forget about Pentecostal work. <laughs> yeah. They just love Jesus with everything they are and it's so beautiful. So true. We had four-hour church services. I'm telling you, oh, I struggled to get good. through four hours in a Western uh, sense. Yeah, but that's a lot. Yeah, whole nother level. So I thought something that we should maybe address today, having shared our experiences, not a lot is often talked about in terms of re-entry. So by that, I mean, you've just been on a missions trip, you've come off the mission field, and you're you're reintegrating back into normal life as you once knew it, back into sort of the Western pace of things. I don't know about you, but can you tell me a bit about your experience coming back? What was that like? What oh were kind of some of the challenges you faced in that? And what was sort of really helpful in in navigating that? Yeah, it was like a shock to the system. Yeah. Especially after, <laughs> even after a month, I can't imagine three months or longer, but it was like, I was, I was actually so angry when I got back. I was really? like, why do we take everything for granted? And why wow. do people care about stupid stuff like clothes? And wow. <laughs> yeah. I was just super angry and I really had to kind of resolve that with the Lord and just walk through kind of grumpiness and, yeah. and, and I really kind of, needed people to just be okay with that and yeah. not like uh like not just say trivial things and it'll and be all right or yeah you'll get used to it or yeah totally anyone said that exactly but some people just don't know what to say and so yeah exactly just listening and yeah was helpful it was helpful to talk to people who had also experienced it because totally. they could relate to you. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a real struggle. It probably took me longer to readjust than it did to go into Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how was your experience of coming back after you went to Africa? My experience was very different. I wouldn't say I had a huge sort of adjustment or shock coming back. I actually yeah. – got into the rhythm of life pretty quickly. I definitely had some time where I was sort of rested before I went back into sort of mm. normal life, which was yeah. definitely beneficial. I actually yeah. didn't realise until maybe this was like 
months and months and months when I got back and I had been well adjusted and I just was in a conversation with a um with a Christian woman and as we got talking like I realized I didn't really have a I guess a process of re-entry where I really was able Mm. to debrief about what had happened um or to even just process it and for the first time someone had sort of acknowledged what I had been through and I that hadn't really happened when I came back there was no sort of process of re-entering back in and integrating which at the time I didn't feel like I needed it but in that moment I was like whoa this is a thing like I feel like my heart needed time it needed debriefing it it hadn't had that so that was a really powerful moment for me because it made me realize yeah hey like when you go through an experience like that it actually does affect you and it's important to acknowledge that totally and it's so good to have people in your life that you can debrief like the emotional impact of it because you can tell people like yeah I saw this and I did this and I was with these people but it's really the heart of it you know seeing people who have nothing like that affects your heart and so I'm so glad you had that woman to ask you yeah yeah me too I'm very very thankful so so good so coming to the end of our time today I just thought a great place to wrap up is just giving one piece of advice to our audience if you were to do it all over again what would you tell yourself and what would you tell someone who maybe is listening and is considering a missions trip yeah I mean there is lots of things you can do but one of the most important things I think is to prepare yourself not only your heart but also do your research um totally there are um you know, there are places out there, orphanages that do try and scam people into mission trips. So make sure wow. you're going with a really reputable company that, yeah. you know, has connections with churches or, you know, you know, is legit. Just make sure you do your research and yeah. research all kinds of things like the weather, the money, the practical stuff. Like make sure you've got a really good picture of what it's going to be like. Like TripAdvisor is a really good place to do that. Um, and yeah, prepare your heart for, um, the unexpected you Mm. know be okay with things not going according to plan whether that's airport transfers oh yeah things (laughs) things will always go wrong um so just yeah be prepared for all contingencies and just know that god is always with you that's good advice what would your one piece of advice be to those going on missions trip jen probably my main piece of advice something i wish i had done the first time around before I even went to Africa. And that that is getting people around you to support you, champion you, pray for you. I I didn't realize how important prayer cover is when you're in a country where potentially you can be quite vulnerable and Mm. potentially you may be in a dangerous situation. So just having people pray for you, praying for protection, because like you said, there's a lot of unknowns when you step into a country, a culture that you – yeah, have never stepped into before. And I think it's so, so crucial to have people behind you praying for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, And financially too, don't be afraid to ask people to donate, you know, because you are doing God's work and you are doing something that's helping people. Like there's no shame in asking people, hey, do you want to support my cause? I'm doing this thing. Like, you know, tell them what you're doing. People love to get on board to help. They They love it. (laughs) And even just on that, if – 
finances is something that's sort of standing in the way between you and going on a trip. As someone who has been in a position a lot where I haven't always had the finances for a trip, I have seen God come through in incredible ways. So I just want to encourage those of you who are listening that maybe, yeah, that financial thing may feel like a hindrance in the way. But if God is calling you to go, he is going to provide. So I just encourage you, stay in faith, trust God. He is such a good provider. Well, on that last little bit of encouragement, we are going to wrap it up right there. We hope that our experiences just sharing today have been helpful, encouraging. Um, Yeah. And if you've got any questions, feel free to interact with us on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. But for now, Mm, that's all we have time for. Thanks Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.